Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Burgundy Zone. I am your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Hall. Oh. And we're going to be joined by Michael Reed very shortly, but we're also joined by a very special guest and fellow podcaster, Emmanuel Chaguba of the Back Row Redskins podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Hey, how's it going, man? Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's a yeah, ab- absolutely, Manny. Yes, I've sir. been following you on Twitter for a while, and you are one energetic person, to say the least. And mm. now, Hall, you weren't with me to go over the Washington close loss to the Detroit Lions. So, guys, I'm going to have to ask you, in that first half, when they're down, let's say at beginning of the third quarter, they're down 24-3, to what's going through your head, Hall? Uh, honestly, what was going through my head was pretty much what happened was I knew they were going to come back and get themselves a fighting chance because that's kind of been the trend of this team the whole right. season where the first half is kind of just like, hmm. are you kidding me? Like, what are y'all doing? Second half, you come out, it's just like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like, what are y'all doing? You're going crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's kind of like Dr. Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't say that off the top of my head. <laughs> but, <laughs> nah, so I kind of expected that. But, again, at the end of the day, of course, uh, I mean, a 59-yard field goal, you can kind of live with that at the end of the day. What you can't live with is the penalty that got right. them the extra five yards, which kind of, like, broke my heart because it was Chase Young, right. of all people. But with that being said, I mean, you see the fight, you see the grit. I'm going to try to be optimistic about it because I know in the moment I was, like, on some, like, Debbie Downer. So, like, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, like I said, coming back as a clear head and, like, thinking about it days later, I like the fight. I like the grit. This team is, like, pretty much a turnover or, like, a mistake-free half of football away from right. actually winning these games. So, the team, you know what I'm saying, it's almost there. It's just they're young. Yeah, we were just saying before we started recording, I, I don't know what's up with this team. They piss you off so much in the first half. They look like they, they shouldn't even be in the league. And then in the <laughs> second half, they completely dominate, but somehow find a way to not win the football game. What was your reaction at uh, at 24-3, Manny? To be honest, at that point, I thought the game was over. <laughs> this team pisses me off every Sunday. Okay? <laughs> I live in Nashville, Tennessee, so I don't get to just sit there and watch the game like a lot of people that are in D.C. and Virginia, Mm -hmm. Maryland. So I have to watch the game on Instagram on my phone from a guy who streams the games. And then, (laughs) and then you know, if you listen to the pod, I cannot stand to see Alex Smith out there. Mm -hmm. Every time he gets hit, I close my eyes. So (laughs) in between watching Red Zone and trying to watch this game on my phone, when they piss me off, I turn it off. (laughs) I turn it off and I go to Twitter. And I look at what you guys are saying. So I just let you guys feed me what's going on. But at that point, honestly, I thought the game was over. I didn't even think of us even coming back, even though we have been. But I'm like, you know what? Okay, there it is, Alex Smith. And I was going crazy on Alex Smith. I'm like, oh, well, there he is. This is the best you got. You know, you need to get uh, get uh, Haskins back in the game. Like, right. what's going on? And then he goes off. And then everybody's coming after me. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I own up to everything that I say. I, I mean, I don't care. I don't care, man. I want all the smoke. Hey, if if I say something that folks don't agree with, I'll back it up. Mm-hmm. I'll back it up. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, I mean, the game was very, very weird. Um, the defense was trash. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the number one pass defense, right? But I haven't seen it. You know, right. you got the four first-rounders on the line, right? I haven't seen that. You know, you hear about the great front seven, the great front four, but I haven't seen any of that. 
So it's a weird team. Yeah, we did fight back, but honestly, the game should have been over because they gave us two penalties. Yes, they did. Yeah. And I felt that the Chase Young and that field goal was the payback. Yeah, it is what it is. That's exactly I mean, how. That's exactly how I felt, Manny. And, what were you and honestly, to uh, top that off, they shouldn't even have been a game because I don't know what Matt Patricia was doing. Because even the keep to leap said it in the broadcast, he was like, "Why are they playing a soft zone? Like they could not stop the rush or stop the blitz in the first half. Keep putting the pressure on them." He just decided to play a soft zone. Alex Smith ate it up for a twenty-one to what, like twenty-one to seven. 21 to yep. six run, 21 to three run, whatever it was. 24 to three, yeah. 24 to three, yep. yeah. 24 to three run. So it was kind of like if they would have just kept the pressure on, it would have been a probably a blowout to say the least. But hey, that's what Matt Patricia does because clearly he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And the, and the unfortunate part was the offense actually did pretty well in the first half. And Ron Rivera yeah. alluded to this in his press conference when mm-hmm. saying they had three trips down into the red zone and they didn't come away with points. So, the, so brutal. The first being the penalty, um, I believe it was on Morgan. Uh, if not, I'm mistaken. I'm sorry. And then the next following play, Alex Smith gets sacked, takes him out of field yeah. goal range. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the Terry McLaurin fumble and the missed field goal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right there. That is a nine. That's nine points that's off the board. And then yep. not even talking about that, Detroit was able to come back from that Terry McLaurin fumble and get three points off of that. Yep. That is the difference in the game. And I'm 100% with Ron Rivera when he says the opportunities were there and we didn't capitalize. And he's yep. 150% right because, look, this is still a young team. And I said this to Hillary Banks on Twitter yesterday. You know, I am still uplifted because last year against the Giants, they got down by 30 points and they laid down at halftime. Mm-hmm. This team continues to fight back and continue to work. And this is the type of grind that makes championship teams. I'm seeing progression, very, very small. But they, I've seen a small progression in this team. They're slowly learning into uh, becoming into a winning football team, in my opinion. I'm yeah, not sure I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, like I said before, I was kind of doom and gloom and kind of, no matter what happens, this, no matter what players, no matter what coaches, it's always the same outcome, like blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> that was the emotion. That was the, again, fans, short for fanatic. That was the fanatic in me, just going kind of crazy. But like I said, once I kind of sat back and assessed it and kind of watched the replays, watched the highlights, kind of thought about things again, saw Twitter, saw like the beat reporters and stuff like that, I was kind of like, you know what? Again, I like the fight. I like the grit. Again, if you play not even – you don't even have to play a clean first half. Just play a 50% of what y'all have been playing in the first half as far as like turnovers, right. stuff like that. And it's a whole different outcome. This team in the second half, uh, Jack Del Rio seems to – make the adjustments, yep. mm-hmm. get the defense right, and they come out in the second half, and they pretty much, like you said, they dominate the second half defensively for except for a couple of plays here and there, which, again, end up being the plays that cost them the game. So, like you said, they're a young team, and I think that with the with more weapons on offense, gives a like, more time. Well, Alex Smith is running the offense pretty well, but mm-hmm. more points, more explosive weapons on offense gets more points on the board, and I think that puts us over the edge as far as like winning. Okay, I'm going to take a different angle. Okay, let's hear it. Great fight, <laughs> great effort, the wrong personnel. Mm. Yeah. Think about this. So if you look through all the games, we've had all these different quarterbacks. It seems to be the same trend, right? It's a fight. We always fight back or yeah. we take on that uh, um, that approach that Ron Rivera has instilled in the team. You know, Ron Rivera is a fighter. You know, through everything that he's going through health-wise, and you see that in his team right now. So 
the team has fight, but honestly, we don't have the personnel for the fight. We it's like we're we are in a war, but we're bringing the wrong guys. Mm. Right. And this is why this is what I say. What I say. If you look at certain games and certain things that we do, whether Alex Smith is the quarterback for next year or not, I know we're going to get into that, but it's like, it's like, I don't know, man. The personnel is just some things are off. Some things yeah. are off. We have two running backs that are wide receivers. Right. Playing running back. Okay. So we start with that. We can't even run the ball. We can't. Yeah. If you look through the numbers, we've only had like one game that I can even remember Gibson doing anything, and that was against Dallas. Yes. Even when we're up, we can't even run the ball to sustain leads. Yeah. We cannot sustain drives, right? So, you know, and when we do, there's that magical turnover or that magical sack that takes us away from doing something positive. We get all the way to the uh, red zone. Then Haskins fumbles or Alex Smith gets sacked or uh, Terry McLaurin fumbles and he never does or Gibson fumbles in the first quarter right. and it changes the dynamics of the whole game. So I don't think we have the right personnel. I think we need a bruiser. I think we need another guy on the outside. We need a tight end. But that fight is there. It's Absolutely. showing that we are a team that does not give up regardless of what the uh, what the score says. So yeah. I do like that. But the personnel, whether it's Scott Turner or whether it's what we're putting out there on the field, something is just not matching up for me. Right. And look, I, I, I understand what you're saying. But my one aspect of it is I think this team can win football games if they were – a team that has been together for multiple years, like the Saints or the Patriots, mm -hmm. if they had that cohesion. But the fact that this is a brand-new team, they're not talented enough just to do it based on talent. If they were a good team and they knew each other, they could do that by themselves. And I think that's what we're seeing, is that they just, they're just they lacking that talent in this scenario that they're in. And it's unfortunate to say that, but it's true. They, they don't need that talent to win, but where they are as a team, they do need it. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. saying they're going to need 100%, but I digress. But my point being is <laughs> I do think that this is a team that can win. It's just it's going to take time is all my point. So now let's move oh. on to the game beers and the blanket party. So we give out game beers, Manny, to any uh, to a player or a person that we believe deserves to be able to kick his feet back, enjoy a beer for his mm -hmm. performance on Sunday. And then after that, we'll do the blanket party, which I'm not sure if we've heard about it before. So in the military, the blanket party – if there's a guy that's causing the rest of the group to get punished in the middle of the night, they'll put soap in a bunch of suit and a pillowcase and, and beat him in the middle of the night uh, to get his act together, you know? So we'll see who needs the blanket party for this week. Okay. So Hall, okay. I'll start it off with you. I know that this was a loss, but the way that they fought, I still believe people deserve game beers. Who's yours going to? Man, uh, I guess I got to give it to uh, the easy one would be Alex Smith. Yeah. So I'll go a little bit off. I'll go J.D. McKissick. This is the second week in a row. Uh, he's been heavily targeted. He's had a couple receptions. He's done all right in the running game, enough to get us by. But uh, pretty much he's done what he, we wanted to do when he came in here as a free agent, which is catch stuff out the backfield, uh, win matchups against like linebackers and safeties and stuff like that. So he had a pretty good game, and he definitely put in some positions on third downs, some key conversions. Uh, did he score a touchdown? I think he scored a touchdown. Nah. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Yeah, so he scored a touchdown. So he definitely put us in position to yeah. win the game and uh, do some positive things. So keep up the good work, kick back, enjoy a beer. 
Yeah, there's not many people, in my opinion, that, that are deserving of a game beer, but there is yeah. one guy, and that is Cam Curl. Led the team, tied for the lead uh, lead in tackles on Sunday. Eight tackles, six solo, and the and the one sack on the day from Cam Curl. You deserve a game beer, sir. I'm sure I'm not sure if you're old enough to drink yet, but if you are, enjoy that beer. Kick your feet up. What about you, Manny? <laughs> Who, who's your game beer going to? I'll have to go a little different as well. I would have gone uh, Terry McLaurin, but I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. Mm. You know, Antonio Gibson is literally on pace for double-digit touchdowns this year, and I'm really impressed by what he does when we get into the red zone. I mean, mm-hmm. given these goal line carries, people take goal line carries for granted because you just think, you know, anybody can just, you know, walk into the end zone. It takes patience. It takes time. It takes vision just to get that one yard or those two yards so, hey, yeah. two big Russian touchdowns. My game bear goes to Antonio Gibson. Yes, sir. Uh, and I just want to give an honorable mention to for a game beer. Morgan Moses was absolute stout on the right mm-hmm. on the right side when he was playing right tackle in the game. He didn't give up any pressure. He was rated one of the best tackles in the NFL. His rating dropped when he moved over to left tackle, which is obvious. It's going to happen when you move to left tackle mid-game. You're going to drop off right. a little bit. Position he hasn't played in a while, but I still believe – Morgan deserves a game beer because the dude just continues to fight his heart out. And right. uh, he, he deserves a lot of credit. <laughs> the Iron Man. Yes. Now, let's move I on. To, yes, I'm right yeah, there with you. Be. Yeah, he should be. He was, look, hey, Manny, he was my call for MVP of the Washington football team halfway through the season. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I definitely think I he's a, uh, deserving of a Pro yeah. Bowl. Now, the blanket party, Hall, who's deserving of it? Man, uh... You can go a couple different ways with this. I'm going to give it to not just one person. I'm going to give it to the whole secondary because, mm. again, I know it's like statistically wise where the number one pass defense, obviously, if you watch the game, I, I'm a guy that goes off the eye test. I don't really go off the numbers per se and the stats. Right. They're not the number one pass defense in the league. They are a top five to seven pass defense in the league, but they did not show that on defense or they did not show that on Sunday against the Lions on defense. They gave up too many big plays. Kendall Fuller got beat on a double move, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like some elementary high school stuff. I know it's NFL, any given Sunday, any given player, but it's like, come on, man. Uh, Marvin Jones had a pretty good game. I feel like he showcased his talents for us next year in free agency. Uh, but, yeah, with that being said, the secondary had a pretty below average day, to say the least. So they get the blanket party for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I would love to give it to the secondary, uh, but I can't do that just yet. I will give it to Chase Young. And unfortunately, because I, you got to get hard on the young man for the penalty. It, uh, Matt Prater probably could have hit it regardless of the penalty. The way that it looked, that was a, that was a hefty kick. Yeah. But Chase, you have to realize, I'm sure you do, because you apologized to Ron. You went up to Ron. You told him right after the game that you messed up and you were sorry, which I give you so much credit for, sir. You deserve... Uh, a lot of credit for be- being a man about it and then going and talking to reporters. But you have to understand those type of mistakes lose football games in this league. Hopefully it doesn't happen in the future. Reed, welcome to the show, sir. What's up, buddy? Guys, I'm going to give my blanket party right now to Apple and whoever decided to make the iPhones have a different headphone jack than everything than everything else. Because I have 17 different pairs of headphones and they all look the same. <laughs> they don't have a quarter inch jack. Finally, ended up finding it. So, Steve Jobs, you, you're, you know, we Whatever. know where you are right now, but you get it. <laughs> all right. I'm just kidding. No, I'm going to go with our secondary as well. Uh, it's frustrating 
It's super frustrating to see uh, a secondary that's ranked so high play so poorly. And I think that a lot of the reason why they were ranked so high was because teams get ahead. They start they have to run the ball. They don't need to pass the ball as much. So they kind of got exposed. But Hall's right. I think that they're more of top seven to five pass defense. Where That's where they are talent-wise with the defensive line and everything. Um, but yeah, they just didn't show out, man. Matthew Stafford, just what I, I knew as soon as – we left 16 seconds on the clock. I was like, watch Stafford's going to pull something like he always somehow manages to do. Right. That dude doesn't get nearly enough respect, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was incredible. And then of course that's dumb play by chase. And of course, Troy Apke almost gave up a game winning touchdown on that drive. If he, if he didn't get, if the ball wasn't thrown. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to like go there, but like, he's so bad. Let's be real. Let's see. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, that was so <laughs> terrible. What about you, Manny? Who's your first ever blanket party? Who's deserving of it? It's actually for two people, and Troy Ackby is one of them. <laughs> Troy Ackby literally almost cost us the game. It just kind of shows you that he has not been working on some things. I mean, you can't continue to make the same mistakes. And with the injury to Everett, that means that, hey, we might be calling on you again. So he's one, and then the second guy is Dustin Hopkins. Yes. I mean, yeah. every single game, if you literally look at the scoreboard, we probably maybe win two, maybe three more games if he made some field goals. So that field goal that he missed was huge um, difference in the game. Yeah. yeah. Dustin that's Hopkins. A, that's a great one, yeah, because yeah. he's been horrible this Look, year. Yeah, yeah, and I talked about it in the postgame reaction pod. I'm not sure if this is injury-related with his groin. Uh, every time he's missed this season, it's been right. And it's right, almost yeah. like he's <laughs> expecting that curve on the ball, and it never comes. It's right. very, very concerning. But Andy brought up a great point. If – Dustin Hopkins is so injured to the point where he's missing field goals. Why are right, you putting right. him out there? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, probably, that's why they bought someone in this week, I think. Right. Yeah. Yep. But I, it, it's, it, it, is a, it is a little bit too late, in my opinion, with the whole yeah. Dustin Hopkins thing. Yeah. Man. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. And Hopkins has been fairly reliable since he's been here. Um, yeah. So it, it's frustrating to see him all of a sudden hit this slump. I, I hope it's injury-related because I do like the guy. I, I do like our special teams. But right now, man, he is in a big slump. Yes, a huge slump to say the least. Well, that was our game balls and re- game beers and reactions. I want to go to this next question. Alex Smith, he was 38 for 55 and 390 yards. We had our predictions before the game. I actually literally slit that in half. That's where I thought he was going. He blew me out of the water with my prediction. Do you Ron today in his yesterday in his presser talked about Alex Smith possibly and could be the quarterback of 2021. So, I'll start with you, Manny. Do you think that Alex Smith should be the court starter for the rest of the season and next year? No. No, no, and no. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot. Look, Alex Smith, so that's 300 yards back-to-back games, right, for the first time in his career. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. So that means all those great Kansas City teams, he never threw for 300 yards, okay? Then you look at, okay, maybe he's had better defenses. Maybe he's had running games. I understand that. But Alex Smith, okay, we talk about J.D. McKissick, right? He has checked down to J.D. McKissick over 14 times in each of the last two games. So it's like, I mean, I call Alex Smith check down Charlie, okay? And the fans get pissed at me every single time when I say that. He's more than a check down Charlie. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Look, he can play. He can play. But if you look at it, no, he I'm saying too, he's looks, checking down a lot more than your average checked out. Right, right, right. And it's frustrating because 
when he sees JD, he's like, I trust him. You know, yeah. he don't trust Logan Thomas. He don't trust. Now, I'm liking what I'm seeing between him and Cam Sims. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there, there, there are things that I'm liking, but I don't want him to be the quarterback of the future. And if he is, please draft somebody. So that way, you know, yeah. you're kind of passing the torch. Maybe you start him off first four games and then. But then another reason why I do not want to move forward with Alex Smith is his contract. Yeah. I believe you can still find a veteran cheaper. You can save money unless he says, hey, redo my deal. Other than that, I mean, that money for what he gives us, I'm not feeling that. Yeah. And look, the one issue that I have is I don't think Alex Smith is going anywhere because next year, his cap number, even if they were to cut Alex, they would still have to pay him $10 million of his salary. That's a hefty Mm. price tag. So if I'm Ron Rivera, yes, I would like Alex Smith to be here next year to transition in the new quarterback like Miami did with Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that that's probably the best scenario to go down. With Kyle Allen, it's still a question mark. Uh, I don't think he did enough to really prove himself as a starting quarterback of this team. I think Alex has shown that. But I will give credit to Alex because I think that Alex, as much as he is hitting those checkdowns, he is hitting them in rhythm. And I do appreciate that because the offense is still moving well. And I'll get into that in our next topic. But I'll start with – I'll go to you, Hall. What are you thinking? Man, I'm so, like, conflicted because I go back and forth. This Even as we're, like, going over this question, I'm in my head. Another one of those where I'm just, like, going back and forth, like, how am I going to approach this? Because literally, (laughs) as I'm talking, I'm still going to drag it out, my explanation, to get my answer. Right. Um, Make a decision. I know. Uh (laughs) It's not a hard one, man. It's not a hard one, but it is, though, because the only reason it's a hard one is because I would like to see him be the quarterback in 2021 only if we draft somebody in, like, one of the later rounds or, like, a a Zach Wilson at number whatever overall pick that we have at that point in time. But on the flip side of that is if we're going to be in the top 10 taking a quarterback, we might as well just have Kyle Allen out there for the first – five to seven mm-hmm. games, however, whatever it is, get to the bye week, then transition to that rookie quarterback, whether it be – what are we, number three in the draft order right now? Yeah. Whether it be mm-hmm. Justin Lawrence or, or – Justin, Justin Lawrence. Justin Fields <laughs> or uh, – That'd be a good quarterback. That would be a good quarterback. <laughs> whether it be Justin Fields or whether it be someone like Zach Wilson or – Ray Lance. Yeah, whether they wait to the second or – I mean, I don't even know he might even be the second round no more because he's shooting up draft boards. I love Kyle Trask. I've loved him since mm-hmm. last year. Yep. So – it's a tricky question because I would love Alex Smith to transition that guy like he did for Colin Kaepernick, like right. he did for Pat Mahomes, and then, bam, we have our quarterback for the next, pray to God, 10-plus years. <laughs> right. right. But on the flip side, it's kind of like – Don't get ahead of ourselves. I know. Yeah. I know. No. <laughs> on the flip side, it's like when you saw him try to escape the pocket and make that scramble outside and run for like <laughs> five, six yards, whatever it was, that was the slowest, most awkward, most like cringy <laughs> five or six yards. I've seen in a while, and I was just like, I don't want to watch that all next year. Yeah, I don't want to watch that all next year. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm conflicted. Uh, uh. Yeah, it's a it's a hard question to 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 go over because you don't you don't want it to go down that path, right? You you don't want to be stuck to that thought process that Alex Smith will be because you've seen Alex, you've seen what he does, but at the same time, he does put this team in a position to win at some point. Yep. Obviously, he didn't do that against the Giants. But what about you, Reed? What are you feeling with Alex? Do you feel like he could be the possible starter in 2021? Uh, yeah, I think that's a very real possibility. And and the only reason is because, of, like you guys said, it depends on 
who we draft if we draft somebody what, what happens I would love for him to mentor somebody I think like after looking after watching so far what I've seen from Trey Lance I know he's done that's it all the tape that's out on him is what you is what you got uh and watching somebody like Zach Wilson I think that they're as of right now, those are two people that need a little bit of time. Trey Lance has everything that you want. Um, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It really depends on what we do moving forward. Uh, if you get somebody like Trey Lance, who has all the ability in the world, I would love to have him be able to sit behind and learn from Alex Smith. I know people might say Kyle Allen knows the offense better, but Alex Smith is a very smart quarterback. He'll have another year in this offense. Assuming Scott Turner's here, I'm sure he'd be able to teach this person whatever whatever they need to know. But at the same time, that's a pretty big cap number that we're going to have with Alex Smith yeah. on the roster or off. The, it's just one of those things where yeah. it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. So I don't know. Um, I do like that we are in position to win games. But, yeah, it's the checkdowns are getting a little bit frustrating. But I do like some of the shots downfield he's taking. I think yes. more and more repetitions. He'll get, he'll get better. He'll get more comfortable. But. I don't know, man. It's I so was, frustrating. I was very surprised. Either way with this one. As yeah. someone that has JD McKissick, I love the check downs. Oh, yeah, so do I. Killing it for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, look, I will say our next topic is a little bit of a controversial one. I've seen this a lot on Twitter, so I want to get your guys' opinions on this. What is the difference between Alex's 300-yard game that he had against the Lions and Dwayne's 300-yard game against the Ravens that eventually got the uh, – got him benched so a lot of people are talking about well Alex is getting told that he's the man he's back by Ron Rivera but Dwayne Haskins had a similar 300 yard game and he got benched right after what's the difference Hall I'll start with you uh I'll just go with one difference I'm not even really gonna drag it out with Dwayne the first halves of the games yes he was kind of getting the yardage it was here and there blah 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 but we weren't putting up any points he wasn't putting us in position to score those points at least with Alex Smith, we're driving down the field. We're sustain. We're sustaining drives. We're completing third downs. Beating with Dwayne, ourselves, but yeah, we're beating ourselves. Exactly, that's my point. Mm-hmm. We're getting. We're sustaining drives. We're driving down the field. We're putting ourselves in position to score points. It's just we're not converting those points. Mm-hmm. Whether it be mistakes, whether it be missed field goals, whether it be the random turnover that Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin have because right. they've only had one turnover all year. So, yeah, uh, that's that's my one glaring point to me at least. Right. Uh, what about you, Manny? Do you think that there is a similarity between the two games? Do you feel like Ron is in the right with what he's saying, or do you are you with everyone? Uh, a lot of people on Twitter saying this is ridiculous. They had a similar type of game. Um, I'm half and half. Like when you look at the like the stats, you might think the game was the same, but when you actually watch the game you see that Alex moved the ball and he put us in positions to win. Like we were actually moving the ball and scoring, Mm -hmm. right? But it just seemed with the Ravens game, the game was already out of hand in the second half when he started moving the ball and, you know, getting all these garbage points, uh, garbage stats at that point. You know, like I think that was like the first time I saw him throw the ball deep. And I think it was like a 30-yard pass or a 40-yard pass to uh, to, uh, Terry. But I was like, where was that all game? I'm playing mm-hmm. fantasy. You know, I got Terry on my team. You're <laughs> killing me. I'm like, why do I have to wait till the end of the game for you to do something? But then you see with Terry McLaurin and Alex Smith, he gets him involved. I don't know if it was the play calling being changed where Terry gets a lot of screen passes and, you know, he does what he does yak-wise. But um, two totally two different games, totally two different uh, uh, stat lines. I think that Alex Smith put him in position to win, even though we don't I, – I don't like, this, you know, that style. But, hey – is shown to be effective so far in certain games. 
And um, also, I'm not sure if that was the game where Ron Rivera tested uh, Dwayne Haskins. He did. I think it was like yeah. fourth down, mm-hmm. and he wanted to see what this young quarterback was going to do. Right. Put it in the end zone. Are you going to choke, yeah. <laughs> or are you going to be silly? And he, he ended up being silly. Yeah. You know, he, he throws the ball. I think it was like a check down or something. That's yeah. something that you'll expect Alex Smith to do. Right. But Alex Smith, this year, the confidence that I'm seeing in him, he's actually throwing the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, it just speaks for itself. Yeah, I think they are two very, very different games. One, I don't think Alex Smith was in the locker room after the game parading that he threw for 300 yards in back-to-back games. Um, I feel like Alex is probably going to be blown. I think that is a huge discrepancy. But I I said this on the post-game reaction pod. Before the the defense and the ball is snapped, when the defense is in their formation, they're like a cocoon. When the play starts and that ball is snapped, they go into a flower. When they get to the top of the flower, that's when you want to hit the check down because that's when they're in the drop back. They haven't approached the line of scrimmage yet. That's when Alex is hitting that check down. When he's hitting these check downs, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, they all have space to run and gain extra yardage. When Dwayne was hitting these check downs, the linebacker was already on them. They were getting mm-hmm. tackled. These were contested catches for these check downs. Mm-hmm. These are totally different things, and that's why I meant earlier by saying that Alex is playing in rhythm. You can mm-hmm. see that it's moving upfield. Even though they're hitting checkdowns, they're still getting garbage yardage like Tom Brady mm-hmm. did for eight years. That's yes. all yep. he did. Yep. And <laughs> uh, the good, the smart quarterbacks can do that, and that's what Alex is showing. So I definitely think mm-hmm. there are two very, very different things. And I, I don't want to sit here and bash Haskins and act like he's – I think the kid it has a lot of talent, and he just needs the work ethic to get there. And I will mm-hmm. say that test at the end of the Ravens game, I said it then, Ron wanted to see how bad Dwayne wanted to score there. And what I saw was that Dwayne said, okay, I give up. Let me check down and get off the field. He wanted to see the heart, the determination to do anything to get that touchdown. And that's where I thought the test was. Wasn't that he was scoring points or not. It was how bad do you want to go score? I will say Alex Smith would have put that ball at least somewhere in the end zone and give somebody some type of chance. Right. That's that's the difference. That's what the whole test was. was, It was pretty simple. I mean, even sitting there watching it, no matter what, you got to throw this ball into the end zone or or get somebody to make a play. Yeah, escape out of the pocket, make defenders move. Make a player, get it in the end zone. And he, I mean, he flunked it, obviously. But, uh. No, uh, yeah, there's a pretty big difference. And I think, I mean, you all kind of just hit the nail on the head when you go back and actually rewatch the film. Yes, Alex Smith is checking the ball down a lot, but he's actually taking what the defense is giving him. He's, yep. It's not bad check downs necessarily. Yeah. Um, Dwayne, like you said, Kyle, Dwayne was throwing check downs when there's a linebacker on him. Alex is throwing the ball downfield in rhythm when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very, very uh, surprised that he was throwing it so far yes. deep. Right. The one yeah. the one throw that he had that could have for sure been better was that one to Logan Thomas. Now, it ended mm-hmm. up being a first down inside the mm-hmm. three-yard line. But if he would have just been the old Alex Smith, maybe had a little bit more arm strength. I know he's never really had too much. But right. Without this bum leg. I'm yeah. it's still a bum leg. I don't care what you say. It might be rebuilt, <laughs> but it, I think that ball's a little bit higher. Logan Thomas has a chance yeah. to score there. But it is what it is. We still got the first down. We still had opportunities. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I just think that it's a completely different stat line. If you actually go back and watch the film, you'll understand. Yeah, and, right. one th- and my biggest my biggest right. takeaway is Alex Smith is putting the ball in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ball right. placement. You see yeah. that game versus the Giants where he threw that ball to Terry McLaurin in the perfect spot and he catches the ball and takes off mm. and then lots of balls to uh to uh, cam sims in the perfect spot yeah. to where they can catch it and make plays so that yeah. to me that's the biggest takeaway right there that's yeah. the that's the biggest difference is ball placement right and the 
a lot of people will point to the two interceptions at the end of the Giants game. Those are literally just two bad throws, two poor decisions, and right. it just ended up costing him. But those were the only ones that he had that game. I mean, the other interception was just kind of a fluke play where McKissick fell. And it was just two passes that just so happened to just be off and, and not hit their mark. Every other pass was right. at least gave his receiver a chance. Now, right. I've, I've said this for many, many years. Hall and Reed can attest to this. I've said I grade a quarterback. I can tell how good a quarterback is because he makes players out of nothing. You, these regular wide receivers, they start doing well. Mm-hmm. Even Kyle Allen wasn't doing that. Alex mm-hmm. Smith is having Isaiah Wright look good. Cam mm-hmm. Sims is showing up. Terry McLaurin is still getting his touches. Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson, J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. The fact that year. these players are blossoming and developing mm-hmm. in a short amount of time with Alex Smith tells you one thing. He's a good quarterback. And as yeah. much as we want to talk about the checkdowns, he is getting the ball around and allowing these players to make plays, which is all that exactly. they needed to do. And a lot, of credit, a lot of credit to you guys. He needs to take care of the football. Obviously, Alex will be the first person to tell you that. Now, and that goes back to the 2021 question where it's yeah. like, you're seeing good things. It's like, can he continue that into next right. year with some more weapons around him, put some more points on the board? And see, those, these close games turn to dubs all of a sudden. That, that's why I'm saying, that like, a quarterback, like, when you really go back and watch Trey Lance, like, somebody like that. I know I'm just throwing fucking names up. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> but, like, Trey Lance, is, he's just a perfect example of somebody who should be drafted high because of his physical tools and the dude has shown, but he hasn't had enough time to show exactly what he can do. So mm-hmm. he's somebody who will definitely need time on the bench, time to adapt, time to learn. So that's where, like, some of you, like, Alex would come in and it would be a perfect fit, I feel like. Yeah. Now, let's move on. Let's keep it with Dwayne, though. I don't want to harp too much on this, but Ron Rivera said today that if the Washington football team is knocked out of the playoffs, that Dwayne Haskins could very well start this year. So, Manny, do you expect that to happen? Yes. What I would like to see is the last four games, you play Dwayne Haskins to kind of see what you have. Because at the end of the day, if he's going to be a backup, at least he's still on a rookie deal, you know? Hey, young exactly. quarterback, back up, and then maybe exactly. eventually, maybe eventually he gets it and becomes something. Maybe exactly. if not a starter, then he becomes a piece that you can trade. So at the end of the day, I would love to see him the last four games, see what you got, see if it's, see if he's a piece that you can keep and just build and make something out of him. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm looking at. But if we're going to be in contention, I think we're going to be in contention for a long time because <laughs> that's so bad. So that's what it all boils down yeah. to. Being right. in contention, come on, man. You got to cut it off at some point, man. I yeah. say let Haskins ride the last four games. And see, that's that's almost where I feel like Ron Rivera messed up a little bit with the whole Dwayne thing was him benching Dwayne after four games and saying that we're going after the division because he should have just been like, Dwayne's not ready yet. He needs a little bit more time because now exactly. it's just making people be like, all right, well, so much for this division. See, uh, come on, man. Let's- see, I had to give defense to coach there because for me, putting on my, my head coach hat, which I'm not, but I'll put it on. What I think he, what I was understanding, how I saw it, I was incredibly frustrated with Dwayne because it wasn't that yeah. Dwayne was playing so poorly. It was the way that Dwayne was playing. It was bringing the rest of the team down. And, yep. I, and I hate to say that, but yeah. – that's the way I saw it. And so I'm getting so frustrated because, yes, you want him to develop, but it's also at the cost of the whole team and of mm-hmm, games. That's true. And with yeah. the division up for grabs, I'm if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm saying, let me put a guy in there that, that elevates right. the team, actually gives us a little mm-hmm. bit more of a chance. Um, and, deserve it. And so I think Ron Rivera got too much – I think he's getting too much flack for that because I, yeah. he didn't want to say what he wanted to say. And that mm-hmm. was that Dwayne doesn't give us the best chance to win right now. And with the division up for grabs, we have to at least try for it. Right. That's yeah. yes. So you're 100 percent right. Before I answer this question, are you just basing this off of his comments? Or are you basing this off of Dan Helley? Uh, he, Dan he- 
He said that in his press conference today. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say Dan Helley was saying that uh, he was on Grant and, uh, Grant and Danny earlier today, and he's the one that called the game. And he was saying, like, during the week he was talking to Ron Rivera, and he straight up asked him, is Dwayne going to get on the field again this year? Or are we going to see Dwayne? And Ron Rivera literally said, it's possible, but I'm going to have to evaluate when it comes to that point. Dan Helley said, when would that point be? Would it be when the division is pretty much out of reach? He said, yes. So with that being yeah, said. that's a, Yes, yes. Yeah. So that, with that being said, uh, it's kind of like what Manny said. I do think – I said before, I said a week or two ago, I think he'll be on the field after the Thanksgiving game against Dallas because that will give him a little bit of extra time to prep a uh, longer week until the, that following Sunday, two Sundays from then. But with that being said, I think that we're going to be in the race for the division all the way down to that probably week 16, week 17. Right. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be hard for Dwayne to get on the field, but – I think if we lose to Cincinnati and then somehow lose to Dallas on Thanksgiving, that'll be the time right. for Dwayne to come in after that. But if, if those, if we win these two next games or even split them, no, nah, he's not. Right. Gonna. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like you guys both said, when it comes down to it, you're never really out of the division in this right. division. Like you can yeah, always right. win it. And that's why it's sad that the New York Giants might actually win this division. Bucky Brooks said a month chance. ago, he was like, it was after that Tampa Bay game. He said, the Giants will come away with this division, even though it's going to be like the the worst piece of garbage or the best right. piece of garbage in the trash can. He was like, with that defense and with Daniel Jones kind of ascending and trending up, they're going to win the division. I laughed. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah. Here we are like a month or so later. I'm like, damn, he's probably going to be right. <laughs> right. Hey, I did want to say one thing. When the Washington football team played two quarterbacks, a lot of people got on them and said, how are you allowing these guys to run out of the pocket and, and to embarrass you guys? Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones have done this to multiple teams yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. Let's stop yep. getting on the Washington football team right. defense for getting a mm-hmm. um, little bit embarrassed by those guys. They've been doing it to everybody, and they are right. just playing at that all-star level. Now, before we get into our NFL reactions, Manny, I know we're up against the uh, end here, but... Moses, in the middle of the game, had to transition to left tackle. Cornelius Lucas, who's been consistently very good the past couple mm-hmm. weeks, was knocked out of the game. So let me ask you guys, your panic meter from 1 to 10 with Morgan sliding at left tackle and Sharp, the guy they traded the, Raider, the Raiders for, at right tackle. What's your panic meter 1 out of 10, Manny? 10. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> I mean, I'm terrified because already the line isn't that good. You know, they have heart. They have heart, and they're led by uh, Morgan Moses, who I've been tough on the past two, maybe three years. And to me, he's having the the best season I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's out there, you know, playing with all kinds of injuries and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, the rest of the guys take up after that. But you're looking at that line, all that means is now you're going to have to use Logan Thomas more with that line that helped to protect. And right. that means less guys out there making plays. So I'm terrified, you know? And like I say, man, watching Alex Smith, is just, he's just one hit away. Just one hit away, knocking on wood. I hope he doesn't get hurt. I can't stand to see that again. But, mm. I mean, it's it's terrifying right now. You're absolutely right. When Morgan was in at right tackle, he had zero pressures. As mm-hmm. soon as he moved over to left tackle, that right side was getting beat easily. Man. So, Reed, what is your what is your panic meter, one out of ten? Uh, I'm going to go with a seven, and only because the offensive line has been playing a lot better as of late. However, I mean, the reason that they were playing better, I feel like, was because Cornelius Lucas was doing a pretty good job at left tackle, and Morgan Moses was playing fantastic at right tackle. Now, 
Morgan, all throughout college, was a left tackle. I'm sorry, his last two years of college at Virginia, he was he was a left tackle. Uh, he's he played pretty well when he went over there uh, in the middle of the game. I was very impressed by that. Not a lot of guys could make that switch in the middle of a game and play well, and he did. It's just I'm very concerned about the right side. Sharp, I mean, that's he's very unproven. Um, and this is why where it sucks having a guy like Sadiq Charles, who's very versatile, yep. who could go out there. Having him out for the season is tough, but uh, so yeah, I'm at about a seven. I'm not as worried about the left side. I think that this could actually be a very good thing for Morgan, but the right side, I'm very concerned about. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go an eight, and it's not because of the left side. It's the right side. The right tackle, Sharp, got beat easily on on Sunday. I was watching that happen all day long. That cannot continue to happen against Cincinnati. You got to be able to run the football and to protect Alex Smith. That's why I'm worried. I, I love Morgan. I think with a with a week of prep, he's going to be better at the left tackle position. That once he gets familiar, like riding a bike, you know, you got to get back on the on the on the seat and start kicking again. I, I think that he'll do better at left tackle. But Brandon Sheriff actually had a very good game on Sunday. He was rated one of the best guards in the NFL last week uh, with handling. Uh, what was his name? What's his name? Um. Oh goodness, I can't remember. Uh, the guy on the Lions. He was an old uh, big name, the first rounder. I forget his name. Vita Vi? Yeah, no, Danny Shelton. No, yeah, Danny Shelton. Same people. Yeah. Same, same, same person. <laughs> same college, same person. But, similar, yeah. but uh, Brandon Sheriff dominated Danny Shelton on yeah. Sunday. And so I just don't think that he's going to rub off on Sharp like he did with Morgan Moses and that continuity that they had. I would love from uh, Sheriff to be able to help Sharp and get him up to speed, but I just don't think it's happening. My panic meter is a seven. What about you, Hall? Yeah, um, I'm definitely at an eight for all the or points eight, y'all yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm at uh, just, uh, all the points y'all hit on the head. Like, pretty much everything y'all hit on the or look, can't even talk. Y'all hit all the points on the head, hundred percent. I'm the right side. I'm definitely worried about. I think that it's gonna have a regression in Brandon Sheriff's game because he's gonna have to pick up slack that Sharp is pretty much slacking on. That's a good point. And, uh, with I mean I know the Bengals are coming up this week. They don't have they don't really have that much of like a scary pass rush, mm. especially with them trading Carlos Dunlap. So it's kind of like a, a build me up test for the next following week. And when you go against D Lawrence and that's mm. Alden Smith and those guys like that, hopefully uh, Lucas can be back by then. I don't know what his injury is yet of as of now. But with that being said, I'm definitely at an eight because like everyone said, the left side actually becomes a strong side now with Morgan switching over to there if he has to play that side. And the right side is the weaker side. So maybe that'll turn the left side into like the strong side. We can run the ball on the left side now and mm. hopefully produce a little bit more from the left side. Yeah, I that, don't know. If, if you if you can't run the ball on the Lions, I don't think you can really also, run Also, with that being said, uh, at least Alex Smith will see the pressures coming right at his face from the right, right. side. Right, right. He'll have a little bit of faith and <laughs> yeah. a little bit of continuity on the left side with Morgan Moses. Moses so. Yeah. All right, so let's finish up this episode, Manny, with our NFL reactions of the weekend, the good and bad. Manny, let's start with you. All right, man. Okay, the Ravens. I'm going to pick on the Ravens. The Ravens are not as good as people think. Um, they, Lamar does not look the same as he looked last season. You know, right. another full year of film. People are, you know, figuring them out. His tendencies, I still think that Lamar Jackson is not a great or even good passer. He's decent. Um, he doesn't have the weapons on, you know, on the outside to help him. Can he make those throws? We don't know. But right now, they're not even running the ball like they did last year. You know, and it's sad that they drafted uh, J.K. Dobbins, and he happens to be their third best right. running back 
So it's just crazy. So I just say Ravens. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're not looking this good. Before the season started, yeah. a lot of us said Kansas City and Baltimore. Now I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, my big surprise of the negative one is the Tennessee Titans losing handedly to the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans losing Taylor Lewan. I've said this for so long. Everyone was like, Kyle, why are you always hating on Derrick Henry? You you always say Derrick Henry's overrated. Derrick right. Henry, I feel like, is good because their offensive line is so good. Mm. Now that you see Taylor Lewan lo- losing out, you're starting to see that play drop off, that production drop off from the team altogether. Yep. That was a huge surprise to me. They have lost back-to-back games now. They are not looking very good. And mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to make it back to the AFC Championship. Their defense is just not showing up. What about you, Reed? Who's your big surprise? I, I completely agree with both of you guys, especially on the Ravens' point. The Ravens, Lamar just does not look like Lamar Jackson from last year. And I kind of like it, to be honest with you, because I get to <laughs> like, rub it into my Ravens fan friends. But uh, I'm going to go with the saddest moment, in my opinion, it's Drew Brees, man. Drew Brees yeah. puncturing his lung. I know it, apparently it sounds a lot worse than it is. He has like five fractured ribs and, and a punctured lung, and they're still saying that there's a chance he could play this year again. But just like, yeah, I mean, that guy, is he's fought through so much. He finally got past Tom Brady or kept extended his lead on Tom Brady for the touchdown record, mm-hmm. and now Brady's going to have a pretty good chance to get that back here in the coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's a little bit disappointed about that. But, uh, yeah, so that, that was sad, and I also I – do love the way that the Miami Dolphins are playing right now. Tua Tonga Vailoa. We haven't. We're not going to the positives yet. Well, that you should explain <laughs> that next time, okay? And not just say reaction. <laughs> my fault, Reed. I'll make sure to be more clear next time. What about you, Hall? Thank Who's you. your negative surprise? Uh, my negative surprise is Russell Wilson. Ooh. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Mm. He was the leader in the MVP race those first five games. He was five and zero. Oh. He was like what 20 plus touchdowns no interceptions and if you really really dive into the numbers and look who they play those first five games not playoff teams these last couple of games where they've actually had tougher competition cardinals uh the rams who else did they just lose to i forget who else but all playoff teams oh the Bills. no it wasn't the bills i forget but either way all it playoff teams it was okay yeah and the bills oh yeah josh allen went ham on him You're yeah right. he did uh yeah all playoff teams, all like teams with five or six wins on the record. And he's been the lo- reason they've been losing. I think he has 10 interceptions in the past three games, which has taken him completely, not completely, but pretty much out of the yeah. MVP race and yep. kind of blown because I had him as my MVP in the beginning of the season. I was like on that, like, yes, Russ is cooking, Russ is cooking, Russ is, Russ yeah. is cooking. Now he's burning all the meals. He's burning all the meals. So. Same with my fantasy there. He, he was yeah. killing it in fantasy. Now he's struggling. Now also, what? The, hold on. What? Bears though, starting oh, okay. five and one and losing four yep. straight, and they yeah. showed themselves. All right, yeah. go ahead, Kyle. No, I'll I, let you talk on my. I was gonna show. say just because I wanted to vent a little bit, but uh, a couple weeks ago, John Ledyard put out a power rankings, and he had put the entire NFC East in the bottom half of the twenties, but left one team off of the NFC East, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles. They just lost to the uh, New York Giants, John. Just like I told you, they weren't that good. Everyone's sitting here talking about how healthy they're getting, how great of a team they are. They're getting their playmakers back. They lose to the Giants. Handedly. It's terrible. Yeah. 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 And the Washington football team did a better job against the Giants than the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles did. So thank you, John Ledyard. I wanted to make sure uh, you get some shout-out for that because that was a terrible take. I wanted to put that out there. (laughs) Now, the positives, Manny. Let's start that out for us. The positive surprise in the NFL. Man, I just had mine and then I forgot it. Uh, John Ledyard would do that. Yeah, 
Yeah, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> All right, Reed, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm gonna go with the way that I already touched on it a little bit, but the way that the Miami Dolphins yes. are playing. Uh, I would. I, you knew I was gonna say it. That's you mine. knew I was gonna say it. Oh uh, no, but I, I love the way Tua is playing. Uh, there was such a good battle between him and Justin Herbert, yeah, was, and okay. just seeing the Dolphins be a complete team uh, to me is fun. I like the way that they're the rare occasion where like you go out and they actually start hitting on draft picks, but then they sign free agents and it actually works. Mm. Uh, you don't see that too much anymore, but uh, I love the way that Brian Flores has them playing. Their mm -hmm. defense is playing fantastic. Their corners are fun to watch. Yep. Uh, so I, I just, I really love what they're doing. Tua's is playing phenomenal. Even if sometimes his numbers don't reflect that he's putting the ball and making some pretty big plays when he needs to. Yeah. I will yep. say the Washington football team should follow suit with the Miami dolphins. They had a bunch of draft picks. They unloaded it in the draft, and then they also had a bunch of cap space, and they used it on veterans like Eric Flowers to solidify their offensive line. The Washington yeah, football team Jones. has a bunch of money in cap space in the offseason. I hope they continue that trend that Miami was doing because that was one of the positives of the weekend for me, Reed. They just continue to yes. overperform over mm -hmm. people. And But my positive team, I have to go to the Arizona Cardinals. And that because they be they were always considered the middle pack team, you know, that young team that right. can't get over the hump. They've put together some great games and they just beat the Buffalo Bills with the Hale Murray uh, being labeled with DeAndre Hopkins, who's an absolute mm -hmm. man child. The dude should already have a gold jacket. I don't care if they have to wait five years after he retires. That guy <laughs> mm -hmm. should be in the Hall of Fame with who he's played with and what he produces. The dude is an absolute animal. I think the Cardinals should get the nod. Manny, are you ready? Yes. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, and this is why. Josh Allen is playing phenomenal. He's playing phenomenal, and we need to really take a play out of their playbook. What did they do? They go grab some free agents the first year, right? You mm -hmm. get your, your John Brown, your Cole Beasley, and then you trade for Stephon Diggs. You know what I'm saying? And that was the difference maker. Everybody said, oh, Josh Allen is not a good passer. He, him and Diggs are not going to work. We saw some things during the summer. It looked pretty, pretty, pretty bad. But now there's a connection there. The defense has not been what it, what it, what it was supposed to be, but there is potential there. But I think that the Buffalo Bills are a top three team in the AFC. So that's my positive. Yeah. Yeah, they, they need that defense to really show up like it did last yeah. year with uh, Josh Allen's overperformance that he's doing this year. They would be yep. very hard to beat. You're absolutely right, Manny. What about you, Hall? Uh, I'm going to kind of stay, stay in that same little lane, NFC West lane. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Everyone uh, was saying that coming into this year, they're going to have a bounce back year. What are they going to look like? It's looking like the NFC West might be the toughest, if not the second best division in football. Yep. And honestly – the Bills uh, should have beat the Cardinals with, obviously, the Hale Murray. DeAndre Hopkins is a monster. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. But the Bills should have won that game. And the Seahawks are trending down right now. So it's looking like the division is for the Rams for the taking right now. All they got to do is keep the running the ball well. Sean McVay's back to down up the run really well. I know Henderson was the lead guy coming into that game. All of a sudden, Malcolm Brown busts out two yep. touchdowns. Bam. Jared Goff is killing it again off the play-action fake, which is what he thrives in putting yep. up pretty good numbers. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, obviously doing their thing. And they got the, the double tight end thing going with Jared uh, Everett and Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby once they get healthy again, once he gets healthy again, I should say. So, uh, yeah, I'd like, I definitely would like what the Rams are doing. They are one of my top teams in NFC right now. Yeah, yeah. they really are. And uh, I, we said it on the Strunkies over the weekend on Sunday for our pregame uh, uh, NFL positives. And I, I thought putting in there – 
I really thought they had a chance to win that football game, and I'm glad that they did show out. And uh, I will say that the one team that I do think deserves a little bit of a nod is Kirk Cousins in the Vikings yeah, there you getting go, his Kirk. first win on Monday night. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> his first win on Monday night. Wait, I just didn't think it was going to take a whole season for him to get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, well, another negative. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson down in Houston right now, man. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're like, literally, they're trying to trade away all his weapons. It's like, Will Fuller was supposedly on the trade block to the Packers yeah. at one point. Obviously, they got rid of uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. I just saw this report earlier today that their GM right now, and I guess maybe even going forward, who knows what's going on down there, is a guy from the Patriots who was never – he's never had any type of personnel experience mm. his whole career. He was a character development guy for the Patriots. <laughs> and – they're thinking about keeping Romeo Cronell. The, the team that produced Aaron Hernandez with a character. <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Don't forget, don't forget David Johnson. David yeah. Johnson is back to his injured ways. Exactly, yep, exactly. Like, now. He's out at least. He's out for the season. Yeah. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. <laughs> yeah, they're thinking about keeping Romeo Cronell, Cronell going, Cronell going in the next Cronell, year. So, yeah. I was hoping they were going to hire Eric Bieniemy, but it's looking like yep. he might take his talents elsewhere. I really hope Man. they don't do that. They are shinking. <laughs> They are sinking ship, and Deshaun Watson, I feel bad for you. Jump ship, please. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. How about the Jaguars <laughs> almost beating the Packers? Yeah. That was, the Packers, like we said, man, they're so inconsistent. They can be mm-hmm. so good when they want to be, but mm-hmm. there are times where they just look terrible. Getting Allen Lazard back this upcoming week, so they got another yeah. weapon opposite Devontae Adams now. I, I yeah. will say Jay Gruden calls good games against the Packers. I don't know what it is yeah, about the Packers, <laughs> but for some reason he calls good oh, games man, against yeah, them. We do the spider too. Why banana, man? Oh, man, we're <laughs> going out there to cheat on our wives, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to wrap this up real quick. Did you guys hear about this, the sniper? ownership debacle going down so there's three minority owners who have a 40 percent stake in the washington football team they wanted to they have a deal set up for a buyout for that 40 percent but because snyder is the majority owner he has the right to say yes on the sale or not he said okay to only one of them and so now they have sent that to court to say no we want all three to go so Mm. obviously snyder is up to something he knows what's going down this is going to be fun what about Snyder blaming Scott McLuhan's wife for, for leaking the Epstein relations? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did. He, he, he said that. Are that you was, serious? That's yeah, what he, he said. That's remember, a real he said, remember he said he was luring up because all these people were making connections to him and Jeffrey Epstein. He said it was Scott McLuhan and his wife that leaked that information or that started oh, spreading that rumor. So he's taking her to court. Jeez. He just hates Scott. Dude, they he hate hates Scott other. so much. So never never a dull moment with this team, I swear. Nope. Never a dull – Josh – Snyder will not get over Josh Doxson. He is still <laughs> pissed about that shit. I, I don't blame him. Right. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this pod. Manny, I appreciate you for taking the time out and yes. joining us. Um, you can find Manny on Twitter um, at the Back Row Redskins uh, podcast on Twitter or at Emmanuel Chaguba on uh, Twitter as well. He has his independent and then his podcast. Anywhere else that we can find you? Yes, you can also find my second podcast, Talking Sports with Manny. That's where we talk fantasy. We talk NFL, NBA. Um, that's TS with Manny on Twitter. So check that out. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much for coming on, brother. All right, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Hall. I'm Mike. And tonight's episode was brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Eat at Chick-fil-A every day except for Sunday. <laughs> God, it ruins it every time. All right, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you on Thursday with a full 
breakdown of the game on Sunday heading up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Where can the Washington football team dominate and win this football game? And we'll tell you why. All right, everybody, we'll see you on Thursday. Remember, go like and share us on YouTube, Twitter, iTunes Podcast, Spotify, Google Pods, Facebook. We're all over the stratosphere. All right, everybody, Washington football.